Hello and welcome to this episode of our revision podcast where we're going to be talking about Nazi Germany and specifically the social history of Nazi Germany, the experience of people living in it. We've already got an episode on who benefited from Nazi Germany, which social classes did it. But now we're just going to look at some different groups. And in this episode, we're going to start by looking at women in Nazi Germany. Just before we kick off, there's a couple of things we just need to get clear in your heads, really, which is a bit of context. And the first one is that Nazi Germany is what we would call a totalitarian state. And that's very important to remember, isn't it? Yeah, so absolutely every aspect of your life is controlled by the state in Nazi Germany. Um, from what you are expected to behave like, for what you're expected to wear, what kind of jobs you do, just everything, what you think it is that totalitarian. It's very difficult for us to get our heads around because we're, we're recording this in 2020 and we're literally in a country where the government isn't willing to make it the law that people wear masks to stop the spread of a disease. Mm. And so we're used to that level of the government not interfering with us. But in Nazi Germany, it is total control over every yeah. aspect of your lives. Yeah, completely the opposite to what we are used to in this country right now. And then the other thing to bear in mind is that obviously we're talking about Nazi Germany after 1933, but you need to remember that during the Weimar period in Germany, there were lots of new opportunities for women. There were a lot of changes in gender roles. Yeah, and you know the, the, the way that society was, especially in the big cities in Weimar Germany, uh, there was much more sort of acceptance towards uh, women expressing themselves, not just women, you know, all sorts of groups within society, but that really was only in the cities. There was yeah. a bit of a backlash to, you know, more freedom for women yeah. in the countryside, in more traditional areas. And the Nazis were able to tap into that. Definitely. Um, I mean, this is this is part of the, the wider cultural drift between the urban and the rural, which the Nazis really do capitalise on. The other thing, of course, is that during the Weimar period, a lot of women have gone out to work with these changing rules. And then you get the Depression. Yeah, and obviously with the Great Depression, you have mass unemployment. Um, now, the Nazis, one of their key ways of appealing to the workers was to promise to end unemployment with quite vague you know, statements, work and bread, that kind of stuff. But then, as we've already discussed in previous podcasts, when they do actually get into power, they do solve unemployment. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, one of the ways they do that is the way that they um, change the view on what women should be able to do at work as well. Yeah, which we'll, we'll get on to. Yeah. Um, so, here we are, 1933. The Nazis have turned up and... What the Nazis have in mind for the female population is largely coloured by their own experiences. None of these men, and they are all men, really understand women in any way, shape, or form. No, and and it's it, like you say that they're because it's a very male-dominated organisation. There's, there's very few women. I mean, there are some exceptions. There's Lenny Riefenstahl, and there's yeah. Gertrude Schultz Klink, 
but yeah. they're they they really are the exceptions. In there's general, nobody... the... go on, carry on. I was just going to say, there's nobody in the inner circle. No, who's it's it's very much it's it's a male drinking club. Mm. That that same beer cellar atmosphere. Yeah, and and you know that that in itself is very sort of traditional in some respects as well, yeah. and and then that goes into their attitudes towards women because yeah. they you can the best way of of trying to remember what the the Nazi aim for women is by using the the three Ks, <laughs> the, the the Kinder Kirche Kuka, which means children church and kitchen and the nazis go to you know great lengths and lots of expense to produce propaganda posters and paintings showing women what the ideal woman is and what the ideal family is and and i think of of the three k's as well the kinder the kirka the kuka mm-hmm. the, the most important one is the the kinder because Definitely. Definitely. it's the role of mother that the nazis want to push for women in Nazi Germany, and there's a real good reason for that as well. Yeah, it's they, not have, just... they have a falling birth rate. Yes, that's right. Something they're yeah. very worried about. Um, I, I, one of the bits of propaganda I always remember, um, and it's the one that comes to my mind when I think about this topic, is the the one of the woman in the blue dress sitting nursing a child, and it's painted almost like a religious icon, like she's the Virgin Mary. Yeah. And it's she's almost, the sky behind her is bright, the sun's behind her, she's got a halo, and behind her there's the fields of the countryside with her husband out, manhandling a, uh, a plough across the fertile yeah. soil of Germany. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I'm thinking of the same one. And is is it got the 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 children, the the, the younger girl, no, and the boy? No, that's the family that, one. Isn't that's it? the family yeah. one, right? Yeah, yeah. but it's the same thing. I think the woman is wearing a blue dress in it as well. Yeah. It's probably the same person, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's it's uh, and again, the propaganda is a huge part of this. The the constant hammering home that this is your role, this yeah. traditional role. And as we've discussed, there's a lot of people in Germany, a lot of women in Germany who quite like this message yeah it's it's kind of that you know back to basics back to mm-hmm. what women should be doing after the um the righteous and, and the, the, not righteous wrong word the immoral yeah. <laughs> years <laughs> completely opposite the immoral years of weimar germany where you know so much in in the eyes of so many people is degenerate you know yeah. and, and so yeah returning to this traditional view it, yeah. it doesn't just fit the Nazi idea. It actually it is quite popular with lots and lots of people. This is one of those interesting things because one of the continuing threads you talk about when you're looking at Nazi Germany is how do they keep control? And it's the carrot and the stick. Uh, on the one hand, you've got fear and violence. and On the other hand, you've got uh, incentives and propaganda. Mm. This one's an interesting one because there isn't very much stick. But there's no. a lot of carrot. Yeah. We might as well start there. So we, we talked about this idea that they want to increase the birth rate. Mm. And so what the Nazis did, they, they actually used the law to encourage people to have children. And yeah. the most famous one being the law for the reduction of unemployment. Mm-hmm. That was passed in June 1933. And um, it basically introduced interest-free loans for up to a 1,000 Reichsmarks for young married couples Providing that the woman gave up work, so that frees up a space at work for a man, yeah. but then she stays at home and she has children because every time you have a child, mm. a quarter of the loan is cancelled. Yeah. So you do the maths, you have four children, 
Yeah. The whole loan is cancelled. And that's a significant amount of money. It is, yeah. I mean, a thousand Reichsmarks is not to be sniffed at by any stretch of the imagination. No. And and on top of that as well, it, the most productive mothers, it, it goes even further. You you actually get given medals or you can you, you go to special awards ceremonies as the gold cross yeah. for the most productive mothers. Um and, and and to to try and and keep that birth rate up as well, they 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 do very simple things like passing laws to stop abortion mm-hmm. or or banning the use of contraception. Yeah, another interesting one is that they almost weirdly for a a, a, a party that's pushing this back to basics traditionalist approach, they almost destigmatize unwed mothers. If you're a, mm. if you're a young woman and you get pregnant. There's none of that, you know, shuffle off and have a backstreet abortion or something like that. You're, you're taken to a state hospital, you're looked after, and the child the child is then taken and passed off for adoption. Yeah, and they weren't beyond actually engineering partnerships mm. as well. They opened Absolutely. up special maternity homes, yeah. which were basically breeding centres for producing yeah. as many Aryan children as you could get. And they would yeah. take Aryan mothers, racially approved mothers, and they matched them up with SS men. With the intention of of filling Nazi Germany with purebred Aryan children, and it, it, it in a sense it's successful because the birth rate does go up. This this falling birth rate, they they are successful, but there is a major problem, isn't there? And it's the economic problem. Well, so go on, carry on. Go on. Well, it's, it's simply because um, if you look at Britain or America even, and certainly the Soviet Union, as soon as you get into a war footing, they start mobilising the female population. They start conscripting female mm. labour. Germany doesn't. The Nazis fight until very late on, until 1943, to try and keep the women out of the war effort, yeah. relying instead on slave labour. And that's incredibly inefficient, incredibly ineffective. There's a, a quote kicking around somewhere. I haven't got it with me because I'm an idiot and I forgot to bring it. Um, from uh, the the good Nazi, uh, our our old friend Speer, yeah, who after the war is you know ah I tried to do all these good things and but anyway and he says that he actually went quite early on and said we need to get the women involved in the armaments factories. And he was shot down in no uncertain terms by Goering and by the other high-ranking Nazis. Yeah, and they they did as well. They they were forced to to make an amendment to that loans scheme as well. And I can't remember which year it is. It's late thirties, and married women who had got a loan could take up a job as well. Yeah. So there they were people that realised that they did need women. In the workplace, but yeah, they, they fought it yeah. to the bitter end. But so, we, if we're going to talk about jobs, we might as well go into that. You know it, what they did with with women in terms of their jobs mm-hmm. and in the workplace, because yeah. you know women who had any kind of position of responsibility were they, they lost their jobs, and and that happened to thousands of women who were professionals, doctors, civil servants. Uh, the number of women teachers was reduced as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, from 1936 women couldn't be judges uh, they couldn't serve on juries so there was a concerted effort by the Nazis to take women out of those kind of roles which they considered to be more traditionally for men 
Yeah. And, you know, whilst working in general discouraged or hindered the production of more children. Hmm. Do you think, then, if if you had to... if Obviously, the key things to remember is that the Nazi policy towards women is to return them to a traditional role hmm. and to... Uh, increase the birth rate. I mean, that's that's the factual thing to remember. Yeah, that, that's, that's that's what their driving motivation is. I mean, the whole yeah. the three Ks is a good way to remark to remember it, but that's essentially it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I suppose on the broader point, then, do you think the fact that they fought against conscripting female labour shows that this is one of those things that really matters? Because so much of, of Nazi ideology is just, you know, made up on the fly. It's just whatever the Fuhrer's thinking this week. Mm. And there there are a couple of things that are absolute bedrock. The anti-Semitism is one. Racial purity is one. Do you think this one about what women should be in society... Do you think this is one of the yeah. really big key things? Yeah, I do. I, I, I think it is. But it's remember what we said earlier. It's not just the Nazis that think that. It's, no. it's it is a societal thing in general. That there are lots and lots of people in Germany who actually believe this. And it wasn't just Germany either. You know, don't forget that these attitudes mm. were very common in just about every European country at the time yeah. until until quite recently. To be perfectly honest. So I suppose a more uh, a more complex question for people wanting to sort of dig in a bit more. Do you think this is one of those cases where it is so much driven from the top? Obviously, the laws are and everything, hmm. but all the stuff about what women should wear and yeah. uh, how they should comport themselves. Do you think this again is the stuff that's coming up from the bottom upwards, the working towards the Führer thing? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a like I say, I think. It is a wider movement, and and the idea of what women should look like, you know, their hair in plaits or buns, and not wearing makeup or not wearing trousers, that it, it harks back to an, an older time, you know, yeah. like a a, a, a romanticised Germany, and yeah, you know, that's what people wanted women to do, and yeah, and the Nazis were happy to tap into that, you know, even even down to to trying to control women's weight. You know, they criticised women who yeah. slimmed because they wanted yeah. them to be capable of, of having, you know, the, the child-bearing figure. Yeah. All right. So there you have it. That's, that's in a nutshell, uh, the Nazi attitude towards women and how it actually expressed itself during the, the lifetime of Nazi Germany. Yeah. Uh, worth worth just checking up on Lenny Riefenstahl, the film director, in lessons we've had a look at some of Olympia and Triumph of the Will. Mm. But remember that she is the exception. Yes. Most women are very much kitchen, children, yeah. church. And I, I, what I'd like to maybe finish this on as well is sort of pulling this in towards the exam. This is one of those topics... That, that that can come up in in any of yeah. the questions, you know. Yeah. The sources, the interpretations could be about the lives of women. Yeah. You could get a described two ways in which the lives of women were affected, yeah. or the explain question. It could even be one of the bullet points, couldn't it? In the bullet yeah. point, whose whose lives were most affected, young yeah. people or women? Yeah. So th this is something that's well worth getting your head around, and it's not a Definitely. it's not a difficult topic, really. No. And there is there is a lot of primary source material if you want to go looking for it. There are a lot of documentaries on YouTube. There are a lot because people lived through this, uh, especially younger women, which we'll talk about in the next episode when we talk about the League of German Maidens. Yes. 
All right. So uh, there you have it. Thank you very much for listening. Good luck in your exams.